It takes more than booking 5,883,517 years of PTO in advance to make sure your int32 PTO balance never goes negative to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering episode 320. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers about all the non-technical stuff that goes into being a great engineer. I guess that's a good way to find out what unlimited PTO really means. <laughs> Are we talking 32 bits unlimited or 64 bits unlimited? <laughs> yeah. This episode is sponsored by Hired, which is the best way to quit your job and get a new one. You can go to hired.com slash soft skills or stay with us to hear more. All right. Can I thank our patrons? Please. These magnificent individuals are contributing on Patreon at the level that gets them a shout-out every week. They are Kent C. Dodds, Theodore Saban, Nay Thin, Sakon, Memester Josh, Owen Shartle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Andrew Pollock, That Town in Wales That Ends in Go Go Go, Koshokton, Ohio, Patreon.com.au, We're Hiring, Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, Testing is Documenting.org, Will Angel, Who Does Not Have the Stinky Feet, Ragnar, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Brayden Keynes, John Grant, Nick Cantor, and Philip John Basile. If you would like to join this list of names, unpronounceable things, and emojis that we say on the air every week, you can go to softskills.audio and click the Support Us on Patreon button. And if you give us enough money, we will say your name. Uh, and if you give us any amount of money, we will send you an invitation to our Slack community. Invites go out the first week of every month, so look forward to those. Are the are the people who sent in the name of a town, do you think they're splitting the cost with the town? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining the mayor money. reading that proposal yeah. coming across the desk. Okay, now you want you want what now? You want $10 a month? <laughs> Minutes of the city council meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask how much in labor it will cost to pay that $10 a month. Yeah. I'm going to read our first question. Okay. There's nothing you can do about it to stop me. This is from an anonymous listener who says, I seem to be very hot and cold about how I feel about my job. Some days I hate it and think about quitting, but other days I feel like it's not that bad and can stick around a little bit longer. The reason for it seems to change depending on the day, but a lot of it seems to center around the people around me i.e. developers who need me to Google for them, business people who don't understand how to provide requirements. Sometimes I can't tell whether it's an attitude problem that will follow me anywhere or if it's just time to leave. It's a relatively small company, so I feel like I'd be betraying my manager who has invested a lot in me if I decided to leave so suddenly. I'd like to give my manager a chance to address my concerns, but I'm afraid to sour our relationship if I came across as a complainer. I'm not confident there's any solutions to my current frustrations because it seems to be a company-wide issue. How do I make sense of all of what I'm feeling? How do I make sense of what I'm feeling? That's like the ultimate question. Yeah, Why do I feel this way? <laughs> for the show. Sorry. <laughs> that's a requirement we can't, can't meet. Sorry. <laughs> I just like how this question started with hot and cold. And I'm going to interpret the hot to be the bad feeling. Hot is I'm ready to quit. And cold is the good feeling. Cold is like, maybe I'm not ready to quit. It's not. I feel, I feel so great about this job. It's like, I could withstand this for slightly longer <laughs> it's like the opposite of good to great yeah <laughs> horrible to slightly less horrible <laughs> at the risk of going on one of our textbook tangents i gotta disagree with you on hot and cold <laughs> is hot the good one i think hot is good and cold is bad like i'm hot about my job means i want to stay here i'm cold about my job means i don't want to stay here this is my I was thinking like hot under the collar, like I'm so fed up. Like angry? I'm going to explode. Yeah. But then cold feels weird to yeah. be like really pumped. 
<laughs> cold is. I love it. <laughs> so maybe this is hot and cold. It's it's cold is like, I I suppose. <laughs> I suppose this job. I suppose. <laughs> All right. It depends. I think it also depends on what material is like standing in as as the thing that is hot or cold. Is it like really hot outside? And it's it's a drink you have to drink. Then hot is is probably bad, right? <laughs> Cold is good. If it's a shower, most of the time probably hot is good. Okay, well, <laughs> I I thought I thought it was your heart. I thought it was another metaphor layered in here where it's my heart is hot about oh. this, meaning I love it, or my heart is cold, meaning I don't love it. But then if you get too literal, it's probably bad if your heart is too hot or too cold, frankly. You- die yeah <laughs> they're both you bad you really want to be you really want your heart to be <laughs> at a room temperature actually wait no that's too no, cold <laughs> that's ah, the cast get out cold. of here uh back to the question okay if i did this is not answering the question but if i had to predict i predict that this person will not work at this job in like three months this feels like a gonna quit this job type of vibe there's this stuff here that i'm not sure can be addressed and even the way you phrased it, I'd like to give my manager a chance to address my concerns, which is wise because possibly they could. And then maybe you'll avoid some pain if it turns out to be a good place to stay. But like, it feels like you, you're you not going to be there because these concerns sound, sound hard to address, frankly. Well, I'm going to take your prediction of three months till quitting time. And I'm going to raise you one more prediction, which is three months after that, this person realizes that the next job is exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're not all the same. Well, uh, we, we have two examples here, uh, I think, right? Of, of yeah. the things that this person is either hot or cold about, depending on which of the seven metaphors we've already presented for you yes. today. Yes. Uh, one is developers need me to Google for them. Okay, you, you could probably find a place where you don't need that. And number two, business people who don't understand how to provide requirements. That's all business people. Yeah. It also depends on if that means the requirements they give me are not right. And if that's okay. the case, then yes, that will happen <laughs> at your next job too. <laughs> like, or versus what? What's the alternative? I guess there's some absolute definition of correct in in the world. There's there's some like level of completeness which is possible for humans to achieve, and they achieve that through tickets in your project management software. And and you've seen this somewhere done correctly? No, I'm saying like this doesn't exist uh, ev- everywhere I've ever worked. No matter how clear they clearly they document requirements, there's always some ambiguity uh, that you need to just make judgment calls on or talk about. Yeah, um, and you might just be wrong too. You might think something's a requirement and then it changes. I I agree with that, and I I think it is unreasonable to expect business people to come to you with perfectly fleshed out requirements, even. Even somewhat fleshed out correct requirements, I think, is is too high a bar. It is extreme. I think developers underestimate how extremely challenging it is to translate problems that people observe in the real world into software requirements that can be implemented. That is so hard. Yeah, so it it's possible to be bad at it, for sure, <laughs> and very but unclear. It, would that be uh, hot or cold at it? Uh, I think, I think we need to change the axis and instead it's like pleasant smelling or foul smelling because then it's more clear which one is bad or good. 
That would be foul smelling. Okay, got it. Because if if you if you think that you're good at it and you're really bad at it, that's one way to. <laughs> you think you're really clear, but it's super ambiguous. You change your mind all the time, or or I don't know. You think yeah, you smell I, good, I but you actually to... smell bad. Is that what you're saying? Yes. The, yeah. The the teenager problem. <laughs> I think it is possible that you could develop a better, uh, kind of product relationship with the people that are are working on requirements and and. The pithy, easy answer here is is you just need to talk more. So if they give you requirements that you are concerned about, you you just talk to them about it and ask them how why do they think this is the right thing? How do they how certain are they that these aren't going to change? What if it takes way longer than they expect? Like I don't know. You, you you dig the the information out of them by talking. That's right. Which I just realized while I said that, you you could say by and then a lot of other verbs that would be way worse. Okay. <laughs> you dig the information out of them through car batteries and cables. <laughs> um, you don't have to torture them. You just have to talk to them. Oh, I got it. I got the torture metaphor. That was, uh, whew, that was a stretch. You went straight to torture. That was interesting. <laughs> well, like, what do you do to dig information out of people? Oh, there it you go. It sounds kind of aggressive. Kind of went back to your um, KGB days. Just yes. Reflecting on those. Well, I mean, I know what I do. <laughs> Developers need me to Google for them. Yeah. That that one's rough. Developers need me to Google for them? Man, that's painful. That hmm. Nobody knows everything. Someone will always ask questions that someone else knows the answer to. I wonder if this is about like they they don't have clear expectations of of what do you do before you tap someone on the shoulder to ask a question, right? Like Maybe this person is the the experienced font of wisdom, and people are just used to asking them questions. But they're questions that could be answered if you just search the docs or, or Google, like you said. And and maybe there's a I don't know, like a team conversation you could have about that to say, ask Google <laughs> before you ask me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but I, I sense that the the whole Google thing is really a stand-in for. I want to work with like developers. Who are, their jobs. Yeah, I, I want to work with more skilled, talented developers. And I'll tell you what—that's. I don't want to sound rude, but that's a pretty compelling reason to change jobs. If you feel like that the people you're working with don't—and this this could come across as arrogant, so please, please take this the worst possible way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> working with people. No matter who, how this sounds, know that Dave is a good person. Right. No matter what. No matter what I'm about to say. <laughs> Have you seen the young Frankenstein where it's like, no matter what I say, don't let me out of this cage. <laughs> <laughs> I just put myself in the cage. Anyway, um, it it can be. Uh, it can feel quite limiting to uh, feel like the people around you don't have anything to teach you and there's no more growth left for you at this company. You know, like you really want to be an excellent engineer, but you're surrounded by people who you feel are learning a lot from you and that's great, but that they don't have a lot to teach you. And that can be, that can be a cold, I mean, a foul smelling situation. (laughs) What about, I would feel like betraying my manager or it, it would feel like betraying my manager if I decide to leave so suddenly. And then they say, I want to give them notice, but I'm afraid it'll it'll hurt our relationship. That's, I don't know. I don't worry about that. Burn all the bridges. You'll be fine. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now the fire will be hot. Right. 
but depending on what the bridges are made out of, it could be a foul or a sweet smell. It could be great. Like if the what if, if they're like cedar bridges? That's exactly what I was just thinking. It's like sweet, delicious cedar smoke. Yeah, maybe you could uh, smoke some fish over the bridge fire. <laughs> I'm afraid to sour relationships they come across as a complainer. I um, I don't know if I would say, hey, I'm gonna quit pretty soon if you don't fix this stuff. But I think there's nothing wrong with saying. I have these issues that are really concerning to me, and and I like to hear ideas on how we can address them. And you don't have to do this. I mean, you can just quit, get another job. Mm-hmm. But if if you think there is a chance that they could help address them, then you should bring them up. You don't want to quit and then leave potential options on the table if if there were solutions that you maybe didn't know about or didn't think of. I don't think it would be seen as complaining. Yeah. I agree. You're this you people sometimes forget that your manager's job, a big part of it, if not the most important part, is to create an environment wherein everyone can be their most productive. And if there are things that are threatening that, especially if it's something that is threatening to cause you to leave, they really would usually like to know so they can work on that with you. Yeah. Even if it doesn't fix stuff for you so that you stay, maybe it pushes the team in a better direction the the feedback you gave or something like that i don't know i don't i don't see a big downside as long as you don't say hey i'm probably going to quit over this stuff if it doesn't get fixed and we've talked a lot about that in the past and you you might still do that depending on your relationship but that has some potential risk if there are upcoming decisions to be made about who has a job and who doesn't maybe maybe now would be a good time to share my pattern for complaining to my boss without looking like a complainer tm please I like to talk about outcomes with my managers. I like to say, look, these are important outcomes that I think are uh, good for the company. And I'm seeing some impediments to those outcomes. Can we talk about solutions to these problems? And in this case, the outcome is, I would like to have a long, satisfying, and productive career at this company. (laughs) That's the outcome I'm going for here. (laughs) There are some impediments here that are making that kind of challenging for me. Uh, And then name it off, you know? my business people don't give me excellent requirements or my, I spend too much time typing in Google for my coworkers. (laughs) I know I'm just being silly about that one, but, um, and just share that with them. And when you, when you frame the conversation by giving an intro that is productive in nature, I think your manager will be way better equipped to respond positively and help you with ideas to work through it. If you just show up and say, Hey, why do all of my coworkers suck? Why do the business people give me bad requirements? It's like your your manager might actually get defensive, might actually argue with you about the things that are wrong. But in my experience, if you bring these things to them, outcome-oriented, asking for help to find solutions, they'll engage with you. I've never had a, a manager disengage from that or get defensive when I do that. And I've never been accused of being a complainer to my face. <laughs> well... Have we answered the question? I think so. But I have one more idea. Hmm. I one time had someone come to me when I was in a management role and asked me or told me about a bunch of problems on the team and also told me, I'm bringing these to you because I think you can fix them, which I thought was really excellent because a lot of times if, if people don't believe that you can fix the problem, they just won't bring you the problem. They'll just leave you know, or work around you somehow. And so you can also give that as a compliment to your manager to, to prep their mind so that they're in a good mental state to help problem solve and not see you as a, a complainer it's like the crap mm. sandwich you know where you start out with a compliment yeah that's like an advanced form of it though yeah kind of i guess so that, that is a good point though that that if you can make sure you're framing your 
discussion as trying to make things better, not just venting and ranting. But if you do need to vent and rant, you could do that too. But I recommend yeah, not you, not your boss though. <laughs> well, or tell them like, I just need to vent. I don't know. Give them some context of... of yeah. Let them just sit back and put your pencil down. I'm just venting. You don't have to write any of this down. <laughs> <laughs> as you carefully write down, you do not have to write any of this down. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now I think we've answered the question. All right. Hey, Jameson, have you heard about the Great Resignation? Is it that Charles Dickens book? <laughs> Wait, no. The entire population on Earth has started taking our advice of quit your job. Oh, uh, yes, that's right. Apparently, we have achieved influencer status. We've been telling developers for years to quit their jobs, and now we want to tell you how to do it. We're ready to reveal the secret. I mean, you don't just walk out shooting finger guns <laughs> yes well you do that first but after you do that there's a new service we want to tell you about called hired what is hired dave hired is the biggest ai driven marketplace that matches engineers with companies it is a great way to find your next job i've been watching this industry for 20 years with a keen interest on hiring in particular and i've never seen anything like hired tell me about what you're seeing so i've interviewed about 150 people in the last year and I am serious, every candidate that's come to me through Hired has multiple offers, and they're incredibly high, scary high, like 30% higher than other candidates. Is that before or after the finger guns? <laughs> yeah, uh, both. <laughs> the beauty is, it's totally free for engineers, uh, and we would love for you to go try it. Go to Hired.com slash SoftSkills to check it out. Hired.com slash SoftSkills, quit your job the best way, and check out Hired. Dave, will you read our next question? Yes, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, I really like my company, but their project management is atrocious, ad hoc, and quote, old school. They're not giving me privileges to configure Jira in ways that allow me to get stuff done. Is there an effective way to convince my CTO that I'm not going to screw up our systems, or do I just need to find a new job? I think you should try to figure out what need the Jira configuration is fulfilling. Um, because you can, it's a super flexible tool you can set up in any number of ways. And many of those ways can be painful to people who don't use it day to day or see the pain. So maybe there's some process they're trying to follow of like everything needs to roll up to a, I don't know, a budget line item for accounting purposes. And then they add a bunch of required fields to every ticket and makes your life suck or, or something. There, there probably is some reason though. It's probably not just because we, we thought about it. And if it is, uh, sorry, because we didn't think about it. And if it is, then it's very easy to change. Good news. But what I would do is is try to figure out what purpose those those settings are serving and figure out if there is a way to preserve that purpose, but also change the workflow so it is less painful for you. Because if, uh, I don't know how big this company is. Um, Jira's used to some really big companies. So maybe it's huge. If that's the case you will not. <laughs> no one will let you touch the workflow. Sorry. That's just just how it goes. But if it is a small enough place that you could have some influence, there still are a lot of people that are probably dependent on the existing settings. Maybe there's integrations and all this stuff. So it will need some kind of coordination probably besides someone just pressing a button to say, okay, now go wild with it. So so th this is like a, a side quest at work that you would take on to... Fix project management tooling for developers, kind of. Does that make sense? It seems like the least enjoyable kind of side quest I could imagine. It does, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I guess an alternative is to say, hey, CTO, please, you do this. I guess it depends on how much oh, involvement you want. I already know how that how that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me solutions, not problems. It's yeah. the classic boss deflection when they don't want to do something. <laughs> or if you do bring me problems, please please bring me important problems. <laughs> I just yeah, I, I can imagine this one would be perceived as unimportant. I guess I don't know. It depends. Maybe if the, all the developers are fed up by this, or maybe it's. I worked at jobs where the CTO was like the one manager at the company of twenty people or something. So yeah, I'm arguing myself in circles because if it's that small, then you should sure whatever just go change it. Yeah. True convince the CTO that I'm not going to screw up our secure system. So I, I'm, I'm presuming here that this question asker has not yet tried to convince the CTO, but that we're only, we're, we're looking here for suggestions or advice on how to approach the CTO to, to grant admin privileges to this thing. That's kind of yes. how I'm reading this. And I got to tell you, as someone who oversees access control to things like this, I get very happy when somebody expresses interest in improving our productivity or the or the management of one of these tools so it's not me like i love that <laughs> so it expressing interest might actually be enough to say okay you're the new jira admin <laughs> whoa 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 <laughs> that's not what i asked yeah a monkey's paw a finger curls on the monkey's paw yes you want more permissions do you hmm hmm <laughs> now you get paged when jira goes down right <laughs> Interesting. I thought you were going to go the opposite direction and say that you get tingly bad feelings, foul smells, if you will, um, <laughs> yes. when someone asks for elevated permissions because you're thinking about the the risk that that opens up an organization to to have kind of elevated access. Oh man, I just like I just don't. I mean, surely, if I guess it depends on whether they have one of those like curly mustaches and a bag over their shoulder with a dollar sign on it, and they're tiptoeing around. Ah. Yes. Trying to rob the company of our <laughs> precious Jira configuration. Yes. Look, um, look, look at their visage and see if you detect <laughs> evil there. Yeah. But like, I only hire people I trust. And when one of them expresses interest in taking ownership over making internal tooling better, I get thrilled because you want to know how many people have done that in my career? I don't know, maybe two in the last 20 years. <laughs> Very rare. You said this sounds like the worst side quest in the world. And maybe an outcome here is it helps it helps you put up with it, right? If you if you figure out, okay, this is kind of painful and I don't like it, and I could take on this part-time job at my full-time job to go chase down whatever I need to do to update Jira configuration, um, maybe you'll decide, you know what, it's not that bad to fill out these four extra fields or, mm -hmm. I don't know, get approval on i don't know whatever the bad thing is that you don't like i think it, it will help you go from i don't like this to i don't like it this much enough to do this much work and and that's a useful thing to look at kind of the gauge of how much pain am i willing to endure in the short term to get rid of this long-term yeah. minor pain yeah exactly uh unless it becomes an emotional thing and then the answer is infinity pain right <laughs> <laughs> this is now a crusade so if I were approaching the CTO, I would start with exactly what you suggested at the beginning, which is figure out why Jira is configured the way that it is. And then I would bring that to the CTO, probably in a written form, like a, a half pager or one pager and say, I understand our Jira. Here's why it's configured this way. I'd like to propose making some changes. 
And to make this easier on everyone, I'd like to have administrative access to make these changes myself. I promise to preserve the requirements that went into the current configuration to make sure those continue to be met. You know, and then that gives your CTO a chance to say, okay, I see that you've got a complete understanding of why we do things the way we do, and I trust you to be responsible going forward as an admin. Or another outcome could be your CTO sees your list and goes, oh, well, you missed three important things. And I'm going to tell you them now. And now I trust you to be an admin going forward on Jira. So I don't know. That, that's that's how I would approach it. I like that. Yeah, you're you're avoiding the image of, of someone who's so fed up, they just want to go in there and delete everything. You know, not delete everything as in delete all the work, but like just rip everything out. And, and if it's there for a reason, then the CTO gets to go deal with those consequences. And that sounds not fun for them. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to build trust. Give me so. these admin privileges. I will I will be careful with them. Yeah, and it's not, not it's, make your life worse. It's trust that's very quantifiable because it's not just I trust you have good intentions. It's I trust that you know enough to effectively carry this business's requirements forward. Like there's trust yeah. where you say like for example, I I trust my children, but they also lack <laughs> they, they they lack like when they're young, they lack certain skills. <laughs> Like I, I yeah. trust them, but there when they were six years old, I wouldn't. There were certain things we wouldn't say in front of them because they would repeat those things in front of other people. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else would know what you were like, <laughs> right? <laughs> so in, in in that way, we I think when we're asking for trust from a business or from a leader, we need to show them that not only are our intentions good, but also our skills and knowledge are up to the task. You know. So it's almost like trust meets competency. You got to demonstrate yeah. both. I okay, yeah. My my 2-year-old used to ask me to let him drive a lot. <laughs> and I would say no and he'd say like but but it'll be fine. Just let me drive in his 2-year-old way. Uh-huh. And so he was asking for trust. That's a good point. But the competency was just a little low on that one. Yes. He he has to pick between the pedals or the steering wheel. (laughs) And neither of those include the ability to see out the windshield. (laughs) Would you say that his driving skill is hot or cold? Oh, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, if you switch metaphors, it's clear it's foul smelling. It is, yeah. See, that's another another, uh, argument in favor of the smell metaphor of good and bad. Definitely. Much less ambiguous. Well, have we answered the question? I think so. Good luck. Good luck. What can people do if they would like their own questions answered, Dave? Go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button where we will present you a just lovely little form using amazing worldwide web technologies that you can fill in and give us details about your situation. And we love your questions. Thank you so much to everyone who has submitted a question. We really appreciate it. You are the lifeblood of this show. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. We will catch you next week. Thank you.